I'm Stephen Hunt. Welcome to the Active Performance Podcast, a podcast that gives top global managers and their teams the confidence and power of clarity to grow their international business in innovative ways. This week, 10 ways to defeat imposter syndrome. How to achieve your full potential if you're a doubter. Sometimes we hold on to what we believe in for far too long. And when that happens, it can be dangerous. Those false beliefs are like run flat tires. When you're driving along the road, when your run flat tire gets punctured, it doesn't deflate immediately, but sooner or later, you need to get it changed. And it's the same with your beliefs. If you're an executive that doubts whether you're good enough to be at the top, maybe you're suffering from imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is built on false beliefs and for high potential executives, those beliefs need changing and changing fast. So what is imposter syndrome? Quite simply, it's when people have a constant fear of being exposed as a fraud. They fear being found out. They don't believe in their own experience, their achievements and the good results that they've got. And it's interesting because often they have years and years of high achievement. They've been to a top university or they came first in professional exams or they were the top of their MBA class or they rose up the management levels faster than their peer group. These are the type of people who have that label, the youngest person ever to become a VP in our company. If you have imposter syndrome, your success and high achievement come from what you think is good luck, pure chance and other outside factors that you don't control and nothing could be further from the truth. Last year, I was a trusted advisor to a young global executive who had imposter syndrome. And this is his story. He was good. He was a high performer. He had an excellent track record. He was well-liked in the business. He was highly respected. He was a real high achiever. He was just somebody who you knew from the start was destined for the top. We'll call him Peter. For obvious reasons, I'm not going to say his real name. Peter had just been promoted at the global pharmaceutical company where he worked. And he'd gone from being a national sales manager to having responsibility for sales in Western Europe and South Africa. When he came into the room and told me this, I thought, brilliant, fantastic. He said, I've no idea how I got this role. I can't sleep. I've no clue what the South African market is like. I don't know our top three customers there. I've no idea what volume of business we do with them. I really think this might be a step too far for me. On one level, I can understand Peter's fears. Peter was born and brought up in the Netherlands. He'd worked in the Netherlands all his life. So suddenly taking on a country, South Africa, in another continent was a real stretch for him. But here's the thing. Everybody who met Peter, what they said stood out, and I experienced exactly the same thing, was his curiosity. He was curious. He had a very open mind. And that's the ideal personality for somebody who's leading internationally. So although his personality was ideal, he, deep down, thought he'd fail. But I knew as soon as I saw him that Peter wasn't going to fail. He was too talented and too hardworking. And we'll come back to him in a minute. But first, it's important to note that we all have doubts at times. We're all unsure if we made the right decision or got the timing right. In fact, research shows that a third of executives have serious doubts about their performance In my experience, that figure is closer to a half. A lot of executives hide their doubts well. So why do we doubt? 
To me, having doubts is a signal that we care. If you look at people who don't care, very often they don't have doubts. And we've all worked with people who don't care. They are rarely the people who make it to the top. So what we're saying is, your work is important enough for you to have second thoughts, to be unsure, to have doubts. But in the worst case scenarios, those doubts turn into fears. And those fears, we can't shake them off. They stay with us. And the sense of insecurity subconsciously just gets bigger and bigger. And from that insecurity, executives develop the imposter syndrome. And that's why unchanged and unchallenged beliefs will be your undoing. They need changing, just like the run flat tyres do after you've had a puncture. So how might you go about it? How did Peter go about it? One of the biggest keys to overcoming the imposter syndrome, to overcome your doubts and your fears, is confidence. And confidence comes from the inside out. Or as I like to say, confidence grows on the inside, it shows on the outside. So here are 10 things that you can do to build your confidence. Number one, know who you are. What do you believe in? What values do you hold? Because when you know what you stand for, when you know who you are, you make decisions clearly. Number two, frame your ideas as statements, not questions looking for approval and consensus. Questions are to gather information. Number three and number four go together. Number three is focus on increasing your confidence. So whichever company you're in, there will be an in-group. Volkswagen, for example, is dominated by engineers in the management levels. You're not going to change that culture if you work at Volkswagen. Your focus needs to be on you primarily, not on the environment you're working in. I said the fourth point goes with this, and it does. Point number four is find a mentor or a role model. And if you can't find one in your business, look outside your business, look outside your industry. You're not going to be the first in your industry to go to the top. Number five, join a mastermind group, a group of peers that challenges your ideas, that forces you to practice articulating your opinion with confidence and with clarity. And if you can do it in that group, you can transfer it into your everyday work. Number six is one that I always think is a neat idea. Join a local charity as a board member and take on a role that's outside your skill set. So if you're a scientist from nine to five, become the treasurer responsible for the finances on the charity board. For a start, it'll teach you about financing and budgeting. And it's a great way in a low-risk environment to prove to yourself that you can do a job because of your own talents. Number seven, use a morning mantra. Get up in the morning, look in the mirror in the bathroom and use a mantra. It's a great way to ground yourself and not get carried away with worries, concerns and doubts because a mantra focuses on the positive behaviours and if you start the day that way, it will continue that way. Number eight, stop the internal dialogue of doubt. One piece of advice I give people is to turn down the volume on the negative comments, the doubts, the concerns, the worries, and turn up the volume on your reminders of your positive achievements, of your talents, of your successes. And the last two, number nine and number 10, are things that you can do at an organization level for the whole company. Number nine, give people stretch assignments. Give them a project role that's outside their function or in a different global location, and you'll soon find out who's competent and who's faking it, because actions speak louder than words. And when you give people a stretch assignment, their work is there for everybody to see. Number 10, set up confidential executive mentoring circles. 
because they'll get open, honest feedback from that peer group. One of the biggest mistakes with the imposter syndrome is we often analyse what made us fail and how we made a big mistake. Well, the flip side of that coin is taking the time to analyse what made us win and what made us successful. If you can identify the success factors, the probability of repeating them is exponentially higher. And coming back to Peter, the senior global manager from the Netherlands, he did something interesting and this is what I want to leave you with today. Peter analysed what made him successful in sales in the Netherlands and he found through that process a number of skills, a number of talents he had which would naturally transfer into the South African market. And within a matter of weeks, he was confidently starting to manage South Africa. Peter had it in him. You have it in you. We all have it in us. When we choose to listen to the positive stories and believe the successes that we've had in life. I'm Stephen Hunt. If you'd like to find out more about me or the services that I offer, please go to stephenhunt.net or find me on LinkedIn. You'll find more resources there on the themes we cover in this podcast. Join me next time for more on how top global managers use confidence and the power of clarity to grow their business.